The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have with us Jesse Tobin McCauley, a creative extraordinaire whose roles include that of graphic designer, creative director, photographer, painter, and mural artists. Jesse is on the board of the Berkshire Art Association and is the creator of the Drive, Walk, Bike by City Art Show in Pittsville. Jesse's latest project is the Welcome to Pittsville mural at the Intermodal Center, and more of her vibrant work can be seen all around Pittsville and throughout parts of Berkshire County and beyond the Commonwealth. So welcome, Jesse. Let's get started. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I One, we ran into each other at the drugstore. We did. And yep. it... I, <laughs> That reminded me, I said to myself, oh my goodness, I remember seeing just that beautiful mural um, at the Intermodal Center, and I think, what a fit and welcome for people who are just coming into Pittsfield. Yeah, they definitely needed something, right? Mm-hmm. It was a pretty plain uh, train station that's not used too often, so... Um yeah, getting a splash of color in there was essential. Oh, and if you see Jessie, Jessie is, she, I, I said she's wearing an original JTM creation because if you know any of her work, those vibrant, bold colors, she is embodying that this morning with her um, attire. So it's very beautiful. But I always Thank like you. to set the stage <laughs> with some background information. So, Jessie, you grew up in Pittsville. You were raised in Pittsville. Yes, I'm yep, born and raised in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Now, mm-hmm. does your family go all the way back? Are you one of those Pittsfielders that can trace your lineage? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, don't ask me about like, the past <laughs> generations totally, but yes, my grandparents, great-parents, great-grandparents, yep, all here. Wow. Um, everyone pretty much on the west side. My all dad's right. family all on Seymour Street. Okay. Um, yeah, so yes. I was wow. born here. I did uh, go all through school here, graduated, and then left for college. Wow. Okay. So which schools did you attend? Um, in Pittsfield? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, I Well, I went to Westside. I grew up on the Westside on Bradford, Anoda, mm-hmm. Lakeway, kind of throughout. Um, but I went to what is now called Conti. Mm-hmm. It was Westside at the time. Um, Reed Middle School and Taconic High School. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. wow, so you're I a Pittsfield like through a and through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Wow, <laughs> all right. And so you grew up, I mean, you're creative, and sometimes creatives are inspired by the people around them. And your family, I think, almost set the stage for you to be who you are, because your dad was a fine arts painter. Um, yes. Now, your mom, even though her day job was different, she was a social worker, right? Yes, she but was. she had a hobby for interior decorating. She was, yeah, obsessed with our home and making our home kind of like in these, uh, like there would be like, I would say, little vignettes around our home, uh-huh. like setting kind of little you know, hmm. areas aside to create. Interesting. Um, like little installations, but it was just the home, like now, dishes, dishes and plants and things. Were her parents like artists? Um, no, nope. 
mad at all, but she definitely had a creative uh, knack and loved interior design. But yes, she was a social worker for her whole career. Wow. I'm wondering, too. It's like you sometimes see people who have passions like that and you think to yourself, like, in another life, would they have chosen, like, that hobby that brought yeah. them so much joy? I think it would. she would have. Yeah. She said that later in yeah. life, for sure. <laughs> she also had, like, a. I mean, she loved fashion. She loved interior design. She would tell me as a kid who, like, as a kid, you just want to fit in with your friends mm-hmm. and wear the same things. And she said, no, you have to go into a store, and the first thing that pops out, you have to buy that. And I thought, well, no, I'm not. I'm uh, going to do that. I'm, like, yeah. 11 or 12 or 13. <laughs> I'm going to buy the same stuff as yeah. my friends. Um, but now I do that, yeah, which is kind of a funny thing. Or well, now I think about it. I guess I don't always follow Well, through. isn't it interesting, though, how our, our family inspires us? Like, you, we run away from it when we're little yeah. and young. But then when we get to a certain age, those are the things that we actually cling to. Yeah, I think if yeah. it's, like, burrowed in your brain. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Something that you heard through your childhood. For sure. Yes, definitely. And your uncles were creatives as well. So, like, they, like, sculptors and woodmakers, like, is that even a word, woodmaker? Like, wood, sculpt. Yeah, my uncle yeah. Chris, who lives out in Los Angeles, he would make, like, people out of wood. Oh. Like, um life-size people now he's making masks and kind of putting them around um he lives in culver city that's awesome Um, and my uncle jay is an abstract painter he and i i would say have the most similar style of Mm -hmm. anyone in the family and my uncle bill was a, a well he was a chemistry teacher at phs but he um was a metal sculpture artist that um which he showed at the mount and um all around town yeah it's, I mean, I, I think that's pretty fascinating to have this family, like so many are, yeah. were, were creatives. Now, again, I have I always have to ask, where did that come from, the influence for everyone to just be so creative? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, it, I think it's a great thing because we see in families how some, like, you know, some folks, their their brain will work for one, on one mm-hmm. side. And, you know, definitely I feel like on the creative side of things and my brother is like, on that like science end of things too so it's interesting yeah we kind of have the mix because yeah. my uncle was a scientist plus an artist my other uncle was a firefighter but also is an artist so yeah. if they, everyone my dad was the only one that went full out with just an artist career yeah. um I, and a te- he was a teacher an art teacher later in life yeah they were actually like manifesting steam now steam is popular when everyone's talking about like science tech yeah. you know engineering and the arts right but um and Back in the day, people would separate them and think, oh, you're just doing STEM or the arts. But I think there is so much value to actually do both of them because it yeah. helps the brain. Yeah, definitely. Right? You're just well-rounded. So mm-hmm. I want to know, like, as a kid, what were your art projects like? <laughs> I wasn't that out there as a kid, I guess, with yeah. colors and stuff. Um, I really enjoy painting. Yeah. And doing kind of like collage work yeah. with color, like construction paper. Yeah, me too. Um, and creating um, little sculptures out of wire. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I really didn't get full on into art making probably later in my mid twenties, maybe. But yeah. I always was creative as a kid. Now, when they when your your folks saw you doing your artwork, and maybe you were doing it in your room or at the kitchen table, would they walk by and say, "Oh." That's nice. Or would they say a little bit of that or a little bit of that and maybe or would they just leave you be? No, it's more like a do whatever you'd yeah. like to do. Yeah. Really. Not much. All right. Well, no, my dad was a little bit more picky, but um with his critiques, yeah. I guess. But yeah. uh 
Yeah, it's more kind of like just create, just keep yeah. kind of creating. So when did you know? So there's there's the, the side when it's a hobby and it's fun, and then you get to the side where you're like, I love this. This is my passion. When did you have that aha moment? Of Mm, well, probably just two years ago. Oh, no way. I don't believe that. I don't believe it, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> no, like uh, as thinking about doing art more full time. Okay. I've always had a career mm-hmm. um, in graphic design, but to do art and really realize I wanted to pursue more art making yeah. as a really probably like with COVID, mm. which sounds a little crazy, but realizing I wanted to do anything that dealt with art as a career was probably in my early 20s okay. after I graduated with a environmental science and chemistry degree. Did you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. And then I... Wow. I never... Um, yeah, I never really could figure out how you can use art and make mm. money and make a career and sustain yourself. Mm. Um, you know, I kind of saw my dad have ups and downs with art career, and he lived yeah. in L.A. and then in Arizona and kind of trying to make it as an artist um, and having yeah. some moderate success, but it seemed really difficult. So right. I was... Um, torn, as I think my mother probably was, if I wanted to pursue an art career, of like, how was I going to make it into a career? Right. So, and I loved, um, I loved uh, environmental science things when I was younger mm-hmm. and nature and stuff. So I kind of focused on that um, when I went to, well, I went to UMass Amherst and got my degree, yeah. my bachelor's of science. Okay. And then never worked in that. Well, I'm curious because you have that background. And so, again, going back to that, the the confluence of like both sides. Right. So we have the science and we have the arts. How do you think, if any, it might be a stretch, but that has inspired your abstract art? I think um, I think I like things orderly. I think actually like the kind of the balance of having that side of my brain, the Mm -hmm. sciencey type. Um, it's just, it makes me a little bit of a different kind of artist in the way that, like, I'm organized. I can, like, you know, I'm really good with deadlines and getting things done and communication. I don't think I fit the, um, the mold of, like, the stereotypical artist Mm. personality. But it might be Mm -hmm. because it's balanced off with the other side of my brain a bit. Okay. All right. All right. Um... So you have this 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 academic this background you you what you study the sciences at what point did you say cuz you're still local I mean Amherst that's still yeah, the, yep. you know the commonwealth mm-hmm. At what point did you say, I'm packing my bags and I'm heading to L.A.? Um, Well, after college, I had done a three-month cross-country trip with some friends. Mm. And I grew up between Pittsfield and L.A. My dad lived in L.A. when I was a kid. So that's kind of the connection to Los Angeles. Um, So I would go out there in the summers to see he and my stepmom. And uh, so I took this trip after college, came back to Pittsfield wondering what I was going to do with my environmental science diploma. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine was moving out to L.A. She got a job, and um, she was a little bit terrified to go by herself. And I said I would drive back out with her. Okay. And I was going to stay for six months, and I stayed for eight years out there <laughs> and now, went, went wow. to art school. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. So, okay. So many questions. There are so Sorry. many questions. Yeah, that was a lot of information. <laughs> well, I'm so fascinated. One, the trip across cross country trip. I've, I've heard stories of people who do that. Is it as wonderful as it seems? It is. I've actually driven across country five times wow. and two times by myself. Really? Yeah. That was not as fun, but like, yeah, a lot it was of time more to of a, think. It was more like, a, oh, I'm going to move back home, or yeah. oh, I'm going to move to some place to London, so I'm going to drive back home. Yeah, yeah it just kind of was out of necessity, right? Um, but I did the three month trip was wonderful, and then I did one trip with the friend moving out to LA. That yeah. was a two week trip, and then one trip with. My mom, when I moved from Los Angeles to New York with my mother and two cats in a U-Haul, that was wow interesting. <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend the cross-country trips. So. Yeah. It, you know what? It's it's. I think you get a chance to see America. Yeah. Right? I, mm-hmm. in, you know, we've driven to Florida. And when we drove to Florida, I was pregnant. And oh. I swore never again. Yeah, that doesn't it, sound it was, it was It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. And Florida is just flat and just long (laughs) so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't pleasurable but um but yeah the cross country that's something to think about for like the bucket list kind of thing it is for sure yeah Mm -hmm. so you know the the scene in the new england scene i'm sure is so different from the you know the is it the la scene were you in la yeah Yeah. yes uh, right in hollywood so do tell what was that like um, at the point when I was there, which was my early 20s, I lived there throughout my 20s, mm-hmm. um, L.A.'s art scene was um, just kind of coming up. Okay. Ma- maybe really wasn't even a thing. It was unusual when I spoke to someone in L.A. They assume I worked in, like, film or TV, and at that at some points I did. Yeah. Um, but when I went back to art school there... And people would wonder why I was out in L.A. But now, I mean, gosh, that was probably 20 years ago now. And the art scene in L.A. is huge now. But then it was kind of just up and coming. Yeah. Hmm. It Hmm. was not as common as, you know, entertainment and music. Yeah, still had like a grit to it. Yeah. And just kind of like a newness and trying to figure out. There was a ton of galleries, obviously. Mm -hmm. We would go to open studios and the gallery walks, but it wasn't as prevalent. Yeah. It was kind of like New York was still known for the art scene, but LA was much more movies Mm. and TV. Mm. Um, Okay. So, yeah, and I ended up going back to school, art school out there, and then Mm -hmm. uh, working as a graphic designer at EMI Music. Okay. That was pretty yeah. Did, did you find that it was because the scene was so kind of like new? Um, was it easier to uh, make a name for yourself? Um, at that point, I really wasn't working in like art. I was more trying to get the my graphic design career off the ground. Okay. So I was doing some little shows. I had um, small shows at cafes mm-hmm. with a friend of mine who was a pretty successful painter out yeah. in L.A. Um but yeah, that wasn't really my focus when yeah. I was living there. Yeah, it was more about that graphic design and <clears throat> Yeah. Would you would you say that at the core of like the graphic design is that art center or do, yeah. do they consider mm-hmm. you guys consider yourselves like artists, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just happens to be on a computer. On a computer. Or so like different though. Corporate right? America. Yeah, it's so <laughs> different because it's like you're there's the art that you produce with your hands. Yeah. 
And you kind of are producing the the art with your with your hand to the mouse, I suppose, or yes, the, whatever exactly. the pen, <laughs> the, <laughs> or the pen. <laughs> um, but so interesting. All right, so that's L.A. and yeah. then Brooklyn comes into the mix at some point. Yeah. Um, oh, but you know what? Wait, back. Okay, back to your previous question about when did I have an aha moment? Yeah, I was trying to figure out when I was in L.A. what I was going to do because I did, knew I did not want to work in environmental science. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to do something with art. Yeah. And then I met a friend and she said, well, why don't you try graphic design? I said, well, you know, I can't really draw. Like I'm not, I yeah. cannot, I'm not a really realistic drawer at all. Um, and she said that has nothing to do with it. Just go and take a few classes. Oh. And if you have a creative spark and ability, hmm. this is a great way to kind of get into, like, as I was trying to think, use art as a career. Yeah. And that was, a, that was, I think that was my initial aha moment, not the two years ago. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That brought me into what was, what ended up being my career mm. um, in L.A. and New York. So fascinating. I got to tell you a quick story. So my best friend and I, so we, he ended up going to FIT, mm-hmm. but I thought that I wanted to be a fashion designer oh, and we fun. would have drawing contests. And his always his sketches always look so professional. I called my like my drawings were like tomato head people because I'd always start. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> so like they That's always a style. Had like a dip in the middle <laughs> in the middle of their heads. It was so weird. And I and I and I had my aha moment when I realized. Um, I might like this, but this isn't my skill and my talent. Like that was something that I I knew that that wasn't what I was going to do in life. So right, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, you have aha moments that go into for both sure, directions. <laughs> and, and it takes us. It allows us like the path that you you know went on. I mean, you you had something at your core that allowed your ship to steer in the direction where it did to eventually allow you to land where you are today. But it took you on quite the journey yeah. so tell us about mm-hmm. brooklyn um yeah brooklyn i moved to brooklyn gosh 2004 oh nice yeah what um, part of brooklyn i moved to williamsburg okay and then uh, to greenpoint okay yeah 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 um and then south park slope so i guess i moved around a little okay. bit <laughs> i was there also for eight years yes um and i had always wanted to live in new york yeah and i had this goal in my mind that i would live there before the before i turned 30 mm-hmm um, so I did turn 30 in Los Angeles, but my mother and I made that trek across country when I was 30. So I made it to New York um, before I turned 31. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, it was a whole different world in L.A., completely different. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. it was nice to be closer to home mm-hmm. and be able to take the bus up at that time, um, which you can still take the bus. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, that was really my goal was to kind of get closer to home, mm-hmm. but not home. Mm-hmm. So. Not home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn is its own. So I lived in New York. So I'm from the Bronx. So, oh, nice. Yes. Okay. So, um, and I'm always fascinated that Brooklyn was a city. You knew that, right? Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know that. Brooklyn was its own city. It oh, became, that makes sense. Yeah, like Brooklyn, it went like they they had they had their own city hall. Like it was its oh. own city, but then it was absorbed um, and made part of the boroughs. But when 
That I don't know. You mm. got to Google that. Okay. But it was its own its own city, and um, and and Brooklyn is huge. It is. It's yeah. huge. I used to. I remember um, the late '90s, and I'd go to Brooklyn because I actually had like my um, hairdresser was out there in Fort Greene. Oh, okay. But Fort Greene was like an artist colony. It was oh, like, cool. yeah, like you have BAM out there. Yeah. Um, and it was just like Fort Greene back then. That was before like the rents just mm-hmm. became sky high. Like yeah. p- artists were able to actually like live in Brooklyn. And it's tough. Yeah, now I think it's easy, it's a little cheaper to live in some sections of Manhattan. People are going to the like people are going to the Bronx and they're trying to like give names to the Bronx like Sobros. Like stop. It's the South Bronx. Stop it. Stop it. Like, no. I know. I'm not big on the yeah. names. Oh my it's like they're so crazy. But all right, so you know, you had, you know, you had these, the, you came from a the, the big pond of L.A. and you forged, a, you know, a great career out there um, with your graphic design work. And in Brooklyn, tell me about your experience out here in that big pond. Um, yeah, at least I came to Brooklyn at least with, um, you know, some skills yeah. and some ability to get work and to know what the heck I was doing. Um, so I landed actually at Clinique Cosmetics. Okay. I yes. was their art director for about six years. Amazing. Yeah. I wasn't a big makeup person, but it just kind of weirdly fit, and I met a lot of great people How there. How awesome is that? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. Was, uh, right at, the offices were right on the corner of 5th and 56th, right uh. near Central Park. So it was really nice, and that was kind of, I land, I yeah, I kind of got into that through a friend yeah. who was an artist, but he was working there. Kind of the same thing as me, but he was a little bit more advanced. Like, he was an artist, yeah. but was doing graphic design as a career, and he got awesome. me in there. Thank goodness, because awesome. it led to just, like, meeting most of my friends who I still have and just oh my goodness. a great community there. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. My, so I stayed there for, yeah, six years. Yeah. All right. So what did you love best about, like, living in New York City? I just, I love the fact that you can walk everywhere, Mm -hmm. and if you walk one hour, you can just experience so many different things, Mm -hmm. um, and see so many different things, and go through different neighborhoods that are completely different, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so the ability to kind of like soak that all in. Yes. Um, My mother, as a, when I was a kid, had a saying, she didn't believe that people should ever say that they were bored. Right. She hated it when people said they were bored. And she said, if you're bored and you're walking down the street, you just look up and look up like five stories above and your whole view of life will change. Hmm. And when you're in New York, that completely is true. If you look up, you'll see something different. You'll see something going Mm -hmm. on. You'll just have a different experience that could definitely like change your outlook on what's happening. Absolutely. I like to say that um, New York, gives you like it has this 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 energy and people always say well why why does everyone walk fast in new york even when you sometimes may not have anywhere to go (laughs) but you're walking fast and you always know new yorkers versus non-new yorkers because they're walking slow and they're looking around you're like gotta go gotta (laughs) keep it moving but it's it's that that feeling of you have to be on to the next thing you're that that energy it fuels you yeah and um you know one of the things i loved about new york is that the ability to just meet people from all different backgrounds right yeah it's like a classroom of just diversity every day yeah it's pretty amazing we just brought our son down there to go to the natural history museum Mm -hmm. in this spring and he's well he was six at the time yeah and 
when we left, we had walked around a bunch, and when we were getting back on the train, mm-hmm. he said, Mom, I went to Italy and to China. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, you did, because that's he right. went to Chinatown and yes, Little Italy. That's right. And he thought that was so cool, that's and he saw right. so many things, and just, like, the exposure was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's the big thing about um, living in a city, that exposure, um, you it stays with you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's such an education. So kudos to you for exposing him to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to get out of Pittsfield sometimes. (laughs) I I hear you. And you know what? I mean, I think that that actually is a great segue. (laughs) Because you got out of Pittsfield. You're living this Brooklyn life, right? You know, living it up in NYC. Mm -hmm. But then in 2012, you came back to Pittsfield. So tell me about the the adjusting to the arts and cultural terrain um, in Pittsfield after you have experienced this metropolitan atmosphere. Yeah, and to say, though, I... I did. Well, I was back in Pittsfield all the time. Okay. Like I would come for summers. I mean, my mom lived here. Yeah, yeah. My family lived here, so I wasn't like it wasn't like I didn't cut shock, it off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like what is going on right now? No, it's not like I hated it or anything. Right. I love where I grew up. Yes, yes. Um, I did come back often Christmas. And yes. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, but yeah, in 2012, I moved. I moved home from Brooklyn. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't know what I was going to experience. Hmm. I'd never been, I hadn't, in like the 20 years I was away, I hadn't experienced ever as a full time adult living here. So I was extremely um, apprehensive, but um, it turned out really well, and I'm so excited. And now I don't think I would live anywhere else, much to my husband's chagrin, but um, I have no plans of leaving. No, I um, think, but Jesse, I think what you described, you know, you had the, um, you had that ability to, to go away and to have these different experiences. And you returned and your appreciation for Pittsfield is that much more because you have, you've seen other things, but you also know what Pittsfield has. Right. You and know, the, all the things that Pittsfield has. I think when you live here and you get stuck in kind of the same things that you do, mm-hmm. you don't search out new things and experiencing new stuff in right. Pittsfield um, and are all the surrounding areas offer so much it's crazy it is crazy so, yeah i, I mean um, i'm not a pittsfielder you know we we moved here 12 years ago and um you know again we had moved around a lot for our jobs so you know we were last we were in upstate new york in a place called Horseheads. for uh-huh. we were there for seven years and i remember thinking and googling pittsfield and thinking oh what a charming place right this place is, so is charming. charming it's charming <laughs> I, and it offers the best of both worlds if you want to still have that big city feel you're close by but it also the beauty the natural beauty is unmatched plus you also have some you know i mean the area it's just it's booming with its art scene there's so much here so i gotta ask you speaking of art scene you know you had a showing that same year you returned um out of the rubble yeah yeah so and <laughs> it sound awful it was at the former bingo gallery in what was the Notre Dame church on Melville right um so tell me about out of the rubble what was that about um out of the rubble was kind of like picking yourself up from maybe things going wrong. Mm. Like, mm. like, not saying the move home was wrong when my mother was sick, so I did come home because yeah. of that. So it was like kind of like a making 
like good things out of like a pile of what you might think is bad. Yeah, what did it look like? Um, it was super like these positive like messages. It was a lot of words and colors, and the whole show yeah. was uh, really vibrant. Um, I guess maybe just to lift me out of where I was, mm. it was needed. But um, yeah, the bingo gallery was down in the basement of the Notre Dame Church, um, and I had a studio when I first moved back. I, my first goal was to get a studio, mm-hmm. so I had studio space there, okay, um, which was fantastic. And yeah, um, yeah, the show. Gosh, I can't believe that was ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm curious with like, okay, folks, um, before I go any further, for those listeners just tuning in, <laughs> my guest today is Jesse Tobin McCauley. She's a graphic designer, creative director, and abstract artist. Um, and we're just talking about um, her return to Pittsfield, her full-time return to Pittsfield back in 2012, and her um, her art, sh- her um, exhibit, um, her showing Out of the Rubble, which was at the former Bingo Gallery. Now, with the your, your pieces and your showings, do you like? Do, do you uh, house them somewhere? Like, do people buy them? Like, where do they go? Well, hopefully, people buy them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, that's my ultimate goal. Right. Um, like, but um, after the shows, there's a lot still in my basement. Okay. I would say, or okay. in my studio. But yes, I do sell a lot of work, and I do sell um, paintings on my website. Yes, and you do. yeah, yes. They, um, they can be shipped anywhere. So, um, but yeah, or I paint over them if I just get sick of it and then create really? something new. Yeah. Things That's don't actually have to be in, permanent. I know, but it just, but, but Jesse, but thinking about it, you paint over it? I do. I mean, if I have it for a while and then I get sick of something. Yeah. I almost think about that like a vintage Jesse, though. It's a vintage Jesse and it. It's no longer. But maybe it's one I never want to have around again. (laughs) Well, you know what? That actually, you know what? That is so interesting that you said that because I wanted to ask you about just the whole, the mood connection and correlation to art. Art is so subjective. And you just mentioned painting over a work if, (laughs) if the mood strikes you and you feel like the time is right. But how does your mood impact the way you approach your work? Yeah, it's um, that's interesting that you asked that because I was just telling a friend. Um, usually, I listen to podcasts when I'm creating work in my studio, mm-hmm. um, which is at the Lichtenstein Center. And um, I realized I was listening to a lot of like murder podcasts and true like crime. true crime. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and then I was kind of like, kind of oh, like oh. slow, slow to move and do anything, yeah. and had like zero inspiration. Yeah. And I, um, I had I have to create um at least 40 pieces for a new show coming up and i was thinking man i'm really not going to get this done so i had this like i was like this is because i'm listening yeah. to these super depressing it's, it's stories dark. yeah so then i changed to uh i don't know if you know the comedian tig Nataro. what i don't know no i don't but i'll look oh she's hysterical she up. has a podcast called don't ask tig it's oh, like a okay. advice uh podcast that's fantastic mm-hmm. so i started listening to her and smartless yeah. another podcast okay all right um that are all comedian based and okay. funny and that just now i'm kind of like in much better of a groove yeah i feel like the color palette doesn't look so dreary yeah. which to me maybe if you saw it you wouldn't think it was dreary but like if i start using like uh, mm. any kind of gray or tan things mm. would probably run amok because that was <laughs> like, what was in your 
in your mind, you first of all, you had been absorbing all this yeah, true crime. Yeah, and I do like the true crime, but I realized I should not yeah. ever listen to it while I'm at my studio. Yeah, like that, like when I think about writing, I almost, I have to be in the right headspace. I need to, if it's a big project that I'm, I'm writing, um, I have to close my door. I actually have to get in a mood. Yeah. I have to mm-hmm. be inspired. And I know it's almost like... You know, I'm not a I'm not an artist in that sense, but I, I look at words as the same way yeah, and how writing. words come together mm-hmm. and I feel that I have to my I, I wait for that little ting of inspiration. I know when it has arrived mm-hmm. and when it comes you almost seize it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can sometimes go into my studio in a very not a great mood or kind of think, you know, I only have this mm-hmm. time to like create something which yeah. doesn't lend itself well to like no. creating no. anything. So sometimes I'll just like scroll around mm-hmm. Instagram and look yep. at other artists I like. <laughs> yes. And, and then I'll pull out some paints and like make a little color palette mm-hmm. and just kind of, I don't know, clean up my studio to yeah. try to get myself into a better mood. And yeah. then, and then I'll have like a half hour left and I'll do something. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's almost like that mind prep. That has yeah. to get you to that place yes. when you when you do your work. Now, all right. So when you get into that right mood, um, do you name your projects before you start or after? No, normally after. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I would say normally after. Mm-hmm. I when I have a show, like a, a solo show, mm-hmm. um, I might kind of have a basic idea. Of okay. what I'm thinking, I want it to be called. Like, I have a new one coming up, and um, I have really, I've named it in my head. Yeah. And the paintings are all kind of based on that name. But that's pretty unusual. Like, anytime I do a mural. Yeah. Or um, I've named it after. Okay. Yeah. So tell me the story behind The Sun Will Rise. Um. Oh, that's a long story. Or actually, I don't even know how that started. <laughs> I don't even know how I ended up. Yeah. That was like a um like COVID project. Yeah. I had COVID um when COVID hit, I was laid off from my job as the director of creative mm-hmm. um at Main Street Hospitality and we were all laid off and I thought, okay, this is the perfect time to dive right into um art more. I right. had my studio, I needed something, at least the studio got me out of my house because mm-hmm. there was only one person in it. And um but I also had an idea that like if think projects came up, mm-hmm. I would say yes to anything. Right. I wanted to kind of like flip what I was doing right. and just kind of make a new path. Right. Um so I'd been asked from um by Bjorn um at the Lantern mm-hmm. to create a mural to he need to uplift the his employees. Yeah. So the first, I was like, okay, I've never done a mural. Yeah. Um, so I painted the entryway mm-hmm. and the side of it. Yeah. And then based off of doing that, um, mm. Jen Glockner had asked me if I wanted to paint a large scale yeah. mural on the side. And I thought, man, that's a little bit intimidating because these other ones were yeah. like my height. I don't know. <laughs> this was going to be huge. Yeah. Um, so... But I said yes with the um, stipulation that I needed some people to help me. Yeah. And my uncle had painted a lot of murals in town mm. back in the day. And he's an abstract painter. Um, so he, my uncle Jay Tobin, along with Stephanie Quetty, yep. helped me with that project, wow. which was wonderful. Um, but we had to, like, Jay and I had to do a lot of um, 
mock-ups for that Mm -hmm. to get approved a lot of different concepts i'd say we probably went through presenting at least 20 concepts 20 concepts yeah Mm -hmm. and um, wow yeah because i think it was just so new and um there was really no direction Mm. um in the beginning for us yeah so it was kind of like sometimes it's easier for people to see but it was very difficult to kind of get that going but it was so great once everyone landed on what was going to happen again it goes back to the subjectivity of art yeah when you know it you know it and you feel that emotional connection to it because i see the sun okay so the sun will rise is on North Street, folks. So it's yes. by the North Street Linden corner, corner. North Street in, uh, above the four four three building. Exactly. So when you see it, you're like, oh, I get it. It, it it's vibrant, um, and the eyes, your eyes are drawn upward. Yeah, and you know. Um, so we kind of landed on that. the The mural was. Um, a combination of Artscape yeah. plus Milltown, and at that time, Milltown had just bought Bosque. Okay. And that mural is facing Bosque, and Milltown loved the fact that it was a mountain. Oh. Um, so for them, they had a connection to it. I wanted this idea. It was COVID. Everyone mm-hmm. was down in the dumps. Yeah. And I thought, you know, what can you rely on? The only single thing you could rely on was that the sun was going to rise every mm. day. Hopefully you're going to have a better day. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people coming up doing the drive from the hospital mm-hmm. up North Street. And you see it right there. Like, it's very focal mm. when you drive up. And I thought, well, that'll give, you know, the people working, the people in there, a mood lifter enhancer, hopefully, if yeah. they do come up that way. Um, so that was, yeah, but that was a long road to get there. People have a hard time sometimes um, being okay with abstract art or needing to understand what it is. So this was kind of a good combo of something you could Hmm. understand and you could name what it was, which I think if you can't, people get uncomfortable with it. Well, well, I got to ask you, Jesse, as an artist, I'm I'm sure you're super protective of your work, your ideas. And there's also a sense of vulnerability when you you manifest your ideas onto paper or canvas or whatever, and you present it to someone and it's rejected. And how do you manage that sting, even if you don't show it? Uh, yeah, I mean, luckily through my whole career, I've dealt with rejection. Yeah. Graphic design is all about getting rejected, like, <laughs> like, okay, or just having ideas shot down or changed. Yeah, <clears throat> so I have a little bit of a thicker skin for it, but with my own artwork, it's mm-hmm. a little bit difficult, mm-hmm. especially I think when um, you know other people may not understand what you're doing mm-hmm. or have an art background. Yeah. Or, um, cause for, gra- for abstract art, I think the worst thing that you could possibly do is try to figure out what it is. Hmm. It's the best thing to just let it like not name it and just kind of let your emotions take over. Hmm. Like, how does it make you feel? Hmm. Like, why do you need to like put a name to it? Hmm. I think it somewhat devalues it if you're trying to figure it out. Like, don't figure it out. Just, just like, what's your reaction? What's your initial feeling when you see it? So that is the only... Like, don't worry about understanding it. People right. need to understand Just it. connect with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think it just, like... I mean, to me, abstract art is just a feeling of happiness. I yeah. love it. I see colors. I see shapes. 
Yeah. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it makes up something. I can make up something in my head that it is for myself. Yeah. And that is the joy of it, too, kind of like what's your interpretation. That's the beauty of art. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's that's it it's it's that that creative process and then that actual then sort of that the rigmarole of actually getting something approved and seeing it to the end so it's quite the process yeah that was a big process yeah. i think because it was like one of the first bigger endeavors yeah. for a mural in the city yeah so it was very new um that was september 2020 mm-hmm. or that we did it and then it was installed um on my birthday on October 1st. Aww. And then they had the unveiling on the 2nd. And, um, yeah, it was just a whole brand new thing. And you have paint boxes. in this. I do, yes. yeah. All right, so which ones are yours? <laughs> just so, one. Just one. I only, I, just, I only submitted to it this year. Okay, I okay. Kinda, I don't know why I didn't try to do it before. Um, but the one I did this year is on the corner of East and Elm okay. in front of Dr. Dollenbach's office. Okay. I know him, pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is called Candy because I think it reminds me of Candy. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was named after I did the design. <laughs> ah, okay. Very nice. Very nice. So, again, if you are traveling throughout the city, then, you know, you have an opportunity to take in Jessie's work. Um, she also um, is the creator of the Drive, Walk, Bike, by City Art Show, and it's now in its third season. Um, did you envision that it would have this stay in power? No, I never envisioned it would be anything except for one time. Okay, so yeah. for our listeners who may not know what this was about, I kind of know because I kind of remember when it first generated, but mm-hmm. tell our listeners. Um, well, I started it because, I, wait, let's see, it was during COVID, yep. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like most of these ideas I've had, um, probably around like April, May of um, 2020, a friend of mine sent me an article and they were doing lawn art in Long Island. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, we could do that here in Pittsfield. This, like, you're just bringing your artwork out to your lawn. And Mm -hmm. then, and it's COVID, it was COVID safe. People would drive, walk, or bike by. Um, And I figured people were inside their houses creating hopefully a ton of artwork or doing something mm-hmm. during the you know lockdown and everything yeah and they'd be up for um sharing it with people trying to sell some yeah. trying to get some exposure and just do something and create an event that could occur during covid so mm. it, the first one was in july of 2020 um it was postponed three times due to rain yeah. in july which was kind of a little bit wacky mm-hmm. um but, yeah, I just kind of put it on by myself, and Jen Glockner was a huge person that helped me and a cheerleader for me doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really just, like, created a super easy Facebook event yeah. and had people email me their address, and then you can join in. Wow. Um, but really, it was just intended to be that right then like yeah. that was it that july yeah because there was a, the assumption that there'd be so much more happening mm-hmm. the next summer mm-hmm. and then, then the next that. summer there was it was still strange so. yep so i had description. yeah i had people ask me if i was going to do it and then um and i hadn't intended yeah to do it but then they also had created the new art week berkshire 
And they said you, it would be great as a um, an event during that, and that mm. was in September 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, I did continue. And both the first year we had about 40 stops, so 40 different artists. Um, the second last year we had probably about 45 people that signed up, and it's anything. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I had intended it to, in my mind, it was like painting and art only because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it can be any kind of craft. You could have people in your driveway playing music. You could have dance. I believe the first year we had tap dance um, at wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. So people just come outside and tap dance? Well, they can, right? You just well, put... Uh, they just tap dance? I can't remember so wait, 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 if they wait, ended up wait, wait, doing it or not. What, they tap dancing on, I didn't, on demand? I didn't <laughs> see them because I was at my house. <laughs> I don't really know what people Do are exactly doing. I heard you're the tap dancers. Can you come out well, now? <laughs> maybe they were doing it on, on like the hour. I don't know. I don't know. It's up to everyone's whatever they want to do. You. Like, I'm not policing them at all. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, people kind of doing everything, mm-hmm. every kind of artwork, good sculpture, um, pottery, and. Um, yeah, yeah, it was like any kind of fine art and huh. artistic expression, really, um, which is really up to you. My only stipulation and the only rule of the yeah. whole drive, walk, bike, by art show is that you have to have a Pittsfield address. Wow. So I wanted it to be Pittsfield-centric because yeah. this is where I live. Yeah. I was trying to uplift my community. Mm-hmm. Um but you just need a Pittsfield address. That does not mean you need to live in Pittsfield. I have people who will yeah. host their lawn and lend out their lawn to artists who do not live in Pittsfield. And last summer, that we probably had about um, maybe 10 artists who yeah. did get were hosted by someone else on a lawn. Okay. Um, wow. So, okay. So, did this this year's show, um, is it in progress now? Yeah, it is. It will be um, Saturday, September 24th. Okay. From two to six, and I just put out um, last week. I just put out the call for art. Okay, and you just email me um, at drivewalkbikeart at gmail dot com. You email me your address. I yeah. put you on a list, and then I send that list out to people. This year, I believe I'm going to have a brochure because that has been a complaint in yeah. the past. But um, I also was I uh, got a grant from Pittsville Cultural Council, so yeah. I can do a few extra things this year, which is great. How awesome is this? That it yeah. like your idea from you know at a time that was tough for all of us, right? And the fact that it's still here, and you know, I'm like excited for you, Jesse, because like some of these ideas that start in this place, like they'll blossom. It'll blossom yeah. into something like huge. I mean, the fact I that know, it's still and- going. Yeah, and once again this year I didn't intend to do it. I just kind of figured, well, you know, some people had said to me that they, maybe like one or two people, yeah. so it's not a lot, um, that they would love to be able, that they were artists who were participating, mm-hmm. and instead of participating, they would just love to like go around and see all the artists. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if everyone makes that decision, mm-hmm. there's going to be no artists to see. So mm-hmm. you have, you have right. to please continue. And then... Um, but then I had a bunch of people who had asked me about it to see if I was still doing it, some yeah. new people. Yeah. Um, and then I just realized that I had it described to me as just one of the most fun, joyous events that people have experienced. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's like zero riding on this, yeah. I guess. It's just meant to be like yeah. a fun neighborhood event. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet your neighbors, you talk to people, you can sell your work. 
all the money that, that goes back to the artist. Mm-hmm. I don't take any money. There's no um, registration fee. So there's nothing except you need to walk out your door and put yourself on a table and then show it, awesome. show it to people for like four hours. That is, <laughs> I mean, you know, I see the benefit to the artist, but also I see the benefit to the community. Yeah. Because we, you know, as a community, sometimes it's, 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 we can be insular, right? We go in our right. homes, mm-hmm. we lock our doors and we're in there. Um, and do we really know our neighbors? I mean, right. some people might. But, like, you know, engaging with our neighbors, having those, like, back in the day, people would have, like, block parties, right? Yeah. You'd have block parties, so mm-hmm. you get a chance to meet your neighbors, the kids would play games, um, and, and it was that sort of, like, atmosphere. And I don't even know if people do block parties anymore. I know, I don't so know. This is, like, a, a citywide kind of right. block party for art. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I know, it's, it's just happened, and this is out of, like... I don't know why, um, but it's been concentrated somewhat in the southeast um, mm. section of Pittsfield. Mm. Whenever anyone sends me an address, mm-hmm. I'm always surprised. I live on Dawes on south in southeast Pittsfield, too. Yeah. Um, but people are sending me their addresses. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And um, then they just happen to live in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it's gotten very concentrated in that area, and I would love for it to be other places, well, other there neighborhoods. You, there you have it. So Jesse right now is saying... This is for all of Pittsville. It's for all of Pittsville and for anyone. That's right. You know, and if you want to, like, you have a friend who has a great lawn that you know people walk by, mm-hmm. then you get, like, two or three friends and you put your stuff out there. Or play some music or do something. Okay. Um, yeah, really. I drop you off a lawn sign and hopefully a brochure this year, and then you can hand them out <laughs> on that day of. and. Super it's very awesome. simple. Super it's awesome. Like, it's simple and it, it it's not a heavy lift, but I think the dividends are so many. Yeah, I really yeah. have met a lot of people through it. A lot of mm. my neighbors, a lot of other artists in the community. Mm-hmm. Um and just had great conversations with people, unexpected people that wow. I didn't even realize created art. Huh. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, if there are any, um, I don't know, like, shows or different things that come out of this oh, show. True. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. if this, like, helps to launch careers or maybe it's a, you know, sort of it reignites or whatever. Right. Yeah. You well, it was know. also a thing, too. You know, some people are, some artists are mm-hmm. kind of, like, it's daunting to get a gallery show or know how to get one yeah. or who to contact so there were there's a lot of people who participate in this that you don't see their work anywhere else mm. um so mm. it gives everybody a chance to show what they're doing thank you jesse you're welcome <laughs> and i know we've mentioned jen glockner's name a couple of times jen is the director of the city's office of cultural development for yeah. those who may not know and she also has a show here on wtvr <laughs> And she helps me with a lot of my ideas. All right. Well done, Jen. Well done. All right. So, Jesse, you're super busy. You're doing this. You also mentioned something before that you're currently working on some some upcoming work. Um, So you have some projects on the horizon. Anything that you can talk about? I do. I have a solo show coming up. in October, mm-hmm. and at uh, his daughter Paloma Gallery in Lenox. Oh, okay. Um, so it'll, I think the opening will be over Columbus Day weekend, and it'll be um, all new work, mm-hmm. and for me, different, but different than my previous paintings, but yeah. kind of similar now to my mural style. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole new collection. Um, 
And yeah, the gallery is awesome. It's right yeah. on Church Street. Please mm-hmm. come. I don't really know when, but follow them on Facebook or Instagram, his daughter Paloma, to keep up to date on Perfect. when it'll be. All right. So I'm, I, you know, just even thinking about this question, I'm like, hmm, but what do you like to do in your spare time? If that's even such a word. Um, <laughs> yeah, spare time. Um, You're like, what is that? I don't know. Coming up with <laughs> new ideas um, for the city. Plot my rise to become the creative director of Pittsfield. Ah, <laughs> that's a thing. Put it I, out there. Put I it out there. Online. Yes, it's very different than the cultural development. Yes. it's yes. all about having a look and style for Pittsfield and continuing it. Mm-hmm. But no, that was just a joke. <laughs> but in my, but not, no, it's not a joke. But no, that's not what I do. In I'm my all spare about time. like envision it. But I hear you. Um, yeah. No, I'm obsessed with movies and yeah. TV. Um, so we go to the movies a ton. Ooh. I um I'm in a mahjong league, oh, which oh. I love. Hmm. Yeah, with a, oh. a few women. We play every Thursday. Oh. So, and we've been doing that for years and years. Really, and that's super fun. How'd you yeah. get into mahjong? Uh, through another friend of mine. Huh. I know it's random. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love games. Okay. Um. So yeah, I would say that that's like spare time. All I don't right. Know. Like, What's the last movie you just that you've recently seen? Oh, at the Minions. Oh, <laughs> I, okay. So I I saw it with my daughter too, and because I have not, I hadn't seen like the previous Minions. I totally was like what am i doing here i might have fallen asleep a little bit but uh, yeah. the last movie i saw that i for me yeah. was maverick which i just love yes. so that was fantastic yes 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 hmm. yes yes i probably will see it again i would see that again it yeah. was <laughs> great it was it, it was, was wonderful it was highly, great. great highly recommend it was great um all right so i you know i was thinking about this question because you know you have so many different like titles and and things that you're in and if you know you're creative but if you had to if you had to choose one genre um out of all the things that you're involved in and someone said you must pick jesse you must you must only pick one what would you pick what like what's your favorite what's your favorite i think doing the murals now okay i mean it's like super new so maybe that's why it hasn't worn off Mm -hmm. um I do kind of like flit around to different things and get bored okay. um, or just get like not bored, but I just want to do something different. And yeah. the murals are just um, just such a wonderful way to like mm-hmm. bring art to everybody. Yeah. Um, you're out there painting them and you just, I, every time I start a project, I think, oh my God, yeah. this is never going to work out. Yeah. This looks horrible. This do is- you really? <laughs> oh, for sure. At the first day, if I'm painting anything and then you come in contact with me, I'm like in a super bad mood normally. Oh. <laughs> um, and just wondering, oh my God, I'm never yeah, going to get it done. Right. Oh my gosh, this is never going to work out. Right. Um, the Welcome to Pittsfield mural had to be done in a week. So that was definitely like a, whoa, what's right. happening? What right. did I just sign up for? Right. Um, but, and uh, yeah, so I think the murals, I'm actually teaching a camp Are because. You? Um, I don't need to be the only person in Pittsfield that paints murals. Right. And, and you know, I mean, Stephanie Quetty and yes. Mike Cardi are doing fantastic things. They are things. awesome. 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 Um, yes. So we need to kind of uh, get more people mm-hmm. into it. And um, I'm teaching a summer camp for, uh, down at Berkshire Art Center, formerly okay. IS-183, mm-hmm. 
for 11 to 14 year olds to kind of get the next generation of mural artists and specifically we're going to be painting a mural inside the building the end product is a mural throughout the hallways and the bathrooms there really yeah so it'll be great that you know what that is so needed i mean we always think about that that sense of continuity right like okay we have our gifts but how are we making sure that we are that next generation is equipped to sort of do its own thing whatever right. that looks like and and so it's important that sure enough knowledge is important yeah, yeah the only way i mean i had no idea how to do a mural and how to hmm approach it i guess because it's it's huge Mm -hmm. um a huge thing to wrap your head around a large-scale painting and the only way i know i learned was through my uncle jay Hmm. he passed on all his information and he was happy to do that and how you you know do a grid and how you lay it out and how you kind of figure it all out what kind of paints you need to have for different surfaces I mean, it was um, invaluable information from him. Right. And now I, this, I think. I think you hit the nail on the head, Jesse. It's that, that, that having that knowledge, the transfer of that knowledge, because like you said, you started mentioning things that I'm like, oh, wow, that all of that goes into a mural. Like, I'm just thinking, you know, you get there with your your brush and you start (laughs) and you're like, oh, this looks great. But there's like a legit process yes. to this right and and it's great to have the idea it's great to have the talent but there's also the talent match with the know-how yeah and making it work right like i start every every mural i do is drawn out on the computer and then oh. measured out and measured by a certain kind of foot what yeah. foot's gonna live in this cult like what color is gonna live in there yeah. Wow. So it's real technical. It's all about a grid. All about a, a really grid. good grid. <laughs> all right, Jesse. So we're we're down to almost the end of our oh. interview, but I want to um, ask you this: one, who or what inspires you? Who or what? Um, oh my goodness! I would say all of my family inspires me. Okay. Um, really, I have a lot of artists that I enjoy. Yeah. And artists that I now follow on Instagram. Okay. Um, any kind of anything colorful inspires me. Okay. Anything perfect. Like, I don't know, upbeat. All right. Yeah, I don't know. That was not a good answer. No, no, no. <laughs> and if and if um if people want to learn more about you, where should they go? Um, oh you can go to my website. It's jessietobinmacaulay.com mm-hmm. is my whole name. Mm-hmm. Um or on Instagram it's uh, more of the Tobin M O O R E of mm-hmm. the Tobin. That's right. All mm-hmm. right. So you have the details. We've had such a wonderful conversation. Jesse, I just want to thank you thank so you. much. This because, was great. Yeah, you are super interesting and you guys, you really need to see what she's wearing. She's wearing I'm calling it JT <laughs> Um, <laughs> original. I, I listen. I just gave her brand a name. I'm you calling did. it a, I... a JTM original. Oh, and you can find my hand painted bags at Somas Aromas. Uh huh. Yep. They look like this dress that mm-hmm. Roberta is referring to. That's right. <laughs> so if you want her, and I, she also has pouches there too. I do. Web- yeah, I've got things around. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> check out her website. Um, you won't be disappointed. And um, and I just want to thank you again, Jesse, for a great conversation. All right, folks, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsfield with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsfield. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)